0: Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister.
1: Welcome
0: to the Beyond Bitcoin Show. Today is August the 15th, 2020. Strong hand, unconfiscatable. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Do not accept a new normal. Fitting in is overrated. Personal responsibility is the new counterculture. All right. Conviction. We are in that golden age. Be relentless, people. Hello, my elite friends. If you have questions, I have answers. Type in my name. Get my attention somehow in the chat. I will answer your questions. Make sure it turns a color so I can see you. And yeah, Taval Dakras is in the house. He says pound that like button. Indeed. Okay. And uh, let's just jump into the show right now. This is a very important statistic from someone named Kerpen, and I think I left this out by accident of the uh, – yeah, I'm going to have to add this to the links below. Everything else is in the links below. I'll add this after the show, but take my word for it. The CDC says 25.5% of Americans aged 18 to 24 seriously considered suicide in the past 30 days, and 16% of uh, Americans aged 25 to 44 uh, considered suicide in the last uh, 30 days, and this was ta- – I, I think the last 30 days being sometime in June, it took a while for them to compile these statistics. It was a survey, etc. That's way high, okay? A quarter of Americans – over a quarter of Americans between 18 and 24, the freaking prime of your life – well, actually, 27 is the prime of your life, but you, you're, you're in such great shape. You should be loving life when you're between the ages of, of 18 and 24, okay? and 16% of age 25 to 44, yeah, that's definitely the prime of your life right there. Now, why, why are they all of a sudden suicidal, these many Americans? Why do you think? There's a manufactured crisis going on. They've lost their jobs. They're scared. This, this is something that uh, you know, people are like, you know, we need to save at least one life. If we shut down the entire economy and we save one life, it's worth it. They, they don't understand the, what this causes. Okay, look, look at this. Uh, these are tremendous numbers. Now, they've seriously considered it. I, and uh, sadly, some of them have went through with it, which is horrible, absolutely horrible. That is, it is never the answer, never the answer. Uh, so, yes, we're living through a manufactured crisis right now. There is a real illness out there. But we got to be big boys and girls and not shut, take away people's jobs and try to micromanage, not, not have to depend on the government. And because when you, when you start to give your power your say over to the government your sovereignty over to them uh this is what happens it's it's quite disturbing that statistic and that's that's from the cdc which is a government organization uh attract uh, that right there so uh, for the people who just blindly scream you're going to kill my grandma dude we're 18 to 18 to 44 is the prime of your life they shouldn't be given You shouldn't be putting these people in horrible positions because you're scared. You you can't take care of your grandma. Okay. So, trending under Twitter the other day, this kind of sums it all up. Under politics, it said, under politics in in Twitter, do something. That's all that was true. It said, do something. And that just shows how dependent people are today. It sums up everything nicely. The majority of people, or not a huge chunk of people out there in the Western world, today because they're so freaked out and scared they want if the got they want the government to do something do what you do something dude you manage personal responsibility is the new counterculture here clearly clearly the mainstream culture is begging the government to do something thinking the government is going to solve your problems when you when when the government does something you end up with statistics like the statistics that i just shared and that that's just the tip of the iceberg okay you're, you're not able to measure all of the horrible things that have been caused by this shutdown. Okay. People going wild in their heads. Okay. Unfortunately, normal life for a lot of people is totally gone. Now for me, I, I mean, I've set up my life in a way where I, but, but it doesn't really make that big of a difference for me. I mean, I, I, I still am traveling around. I mean, I'm getting discounts. I'm, things are cheaper for me now. It's pretty cool. But I, I understand that the majority of people out there, they didn't plan ahead for something like this. They, they work for other people, and when they suddenly lose their job, it's pretty bad. And then they become more dependent on the government, and it's becoming more and more popular for it to beg the government to do something. Do nothing. Do nothing. You shouldn't have done anything in the first place. You should have done nothing and let people manage their own freaking risk, okay? My lord. But that's what's trending on Twitter. And of course, Twitter's biased. They, they can pick whatever they want to trend. It's a, it's a little skewed over there, obviously, but still a lot of people begging the government, do something. Okay, so here's a reminder from Alan Lewis. Weird pandemic where you have to where you have to constantly browbeat people to remind them how bad it is. Good point there. It is kind of a weird, you know. When you think about a pandemic, you don't think you have to constantly remind people how bad things are, but that's what's going on. The government constantly reminds us of how bad things are. The media reminds us of how bad things are. Imagine if the government and the media uh, and the social media freaks out there, if if they weren't reminding people how bad things were, it would be as if things weren't very bad. Were they? And because things aren't very bad in terms of the virus, they're not bad. They're not. People die. That's life. Okay. There are all sorts of uh, challenges have come about in uh, modern civilizations, illnesses, storms, natural disasters, et cetera. We deal with it. We aren't constantly reminded about it. It is manufactured. Hysteria is clearly manufactured, and uh, it's a it's a bad sign. Uh, was the next thing, the hysteria will be even be bigger, won't it? And more and more people are going to fall for it, aren't they? Keep speaking out against it. Keep being a unique beast and speaking the truth, people. All right. So that that was a great tweet. We're gonna talk about Joe Biden in a second. Taval dacre says, when the uh Floyd situation happened, it's like uh COVID went away for two weeks. This is all big brainwashing. Uh Taval, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. When the when the, the Floyd situation happened and the, the media covered it nonstop, they covered the riots afterwards. Uh, and people were not social distancing well, yeah yeah I, I, I a part of me thought oh okay, they're just gonna move on to this now we're gonna forget about the virus but they came back to it they, they did come back to it but you, you got the point about the thatphrase you got the point indeed um, with, without the media's reminder it would not it, it would not be a major existential threat to so many freaking people out there and beca- and causing all these uh, side problems. And it's a serious. It's a very serious. I I say side problem. It's a very serious problem when so many people are considering suicide. Okay, so let's talk about uh, someone who might join, uh, might rejoin the government very soon in the United States. His name is Joe Biden, and I, I I knew this about Joe Biden, but what I'm about to share with you. But then I started thinking, how many other people actually know about this? He he. You would think the media would bring this up, maybe question him about it, since he's he hasn't been acting very normal lately, it's as if he's suffering from a, a dementia. Um, and, well, here we go. In 1988, Joe Biden suffered two brain aneurysms. I'm not making this up, people. One, and I've done this for one on the right side and one on the left, each required surgery with high risk of long term impact on brain functionality. This is linked to below, you can read about it, you can Google it yourself. In February, 1988, after suffering from several episodes of increasingly severe neck pain, Biden was taken by long distance ambulance to Walter Reed Army Medical Center and given life-saving surgery to correct an intercranial berry aneurysm that had begun leaking. While recuperating, he suffered a pulmonary embolism, a major complication. Another operation to repair a second aneurysm, uh, which had caused no symptoms, but was at risk of bursting was performed in May, 1988. The late hospitaliz- hospitalization and recovery kept Biden from his duties in the Senate for seven months. Okay. So he was a much, he was a much younger man in 1988. Okay. 32 years ago. Um, it was, he was, he was in his forties then. Right. Uh, It was – that's a very serious situation he went through. And after that, he was a pretty normal guy, I mean, in terms of being a politician and everything. But if you look at it statistically here, okay, someone who had a a, a major brain situation and major brain um, surgery 32 years ago, it's likely that they would be more likely to suffer earlier dementia or – Brain-related, uh, even with the best medical in the world, which he, he has, um, someone that that's gone through such a situation and and's lived a full life since then, definitely um, would be more likely to deteriorate at a younger age than many people. Now he's not a young man. Um, or why aren't there questions about this aspect? I mean, because I know a lot of people joke about it. Oh, he's he's living in a basement. And he's see now. He's this. He's that. And he's the other. But they don't go like. Why might he have this? Why might he really be senile? Well, because in 1988 they had to rip his head open and do a lot of things to his brain. It was very, very serious. And it said uh, uh, right here, he, he and there was risk of long-term impact on brain functionality. Now, did he have major impact on his brain functioning? I, I no, he didn't. There was anything major in the in the last 32 years. But now maybe some of the major complications are are, are coming about. Okay, it, it's. It's just, it shows you, uh, you know, the media is supposed to dig here. Okay. They're supposed to dig deep. This is something that is so, it's so, it's not a hidden thing. Everybody, this has been out there for, why don't, why aren't they talking about this now? Now that it appears that he's having some, some issues with his brain. Uh, Okay. So there you go. Uh, You can, you can check it out for yourself right there. Something else I was going to say about 1988, and uh, oh, one thing I think he was—he uh, was running for president. He was going to run for president in 1988, um, and in 1987 they caught that he had uh, lied about papers that he that he wrote. He didn't really write papers, or he li- he copied other people's speeches. There was plagiarism. I mean, there was plagiarism act, um, accusations. So he dropped out of the 88 race in 1987, and that saved his life actually. Because had he had he just continued campaigning, he probably would not have uh, seek help for his his head hurting for the problems he was having. He probably just would have had the annual. He probably would have died on the campaign trail. So it saves his life that he got caught for. uh, Plagiarism. And no one now no one brings up his plagiarism either, but and that's normal. You know, all the politicians straight up lie about everything. So being a plagiarist, a guy who practice plagiarism, that's not a big deal anymore. Right? It should be. It shows about, it's just, it's a lot about your character right there, but that's not a big thing. Any- I mean, because the current president of the United States has little character. I mean, he, he cheats on his wives, et cetera, et cetera. So plagiarism, cheating on your wives, it's, it's all bad stuff. Uh, but that's that's the state of the uh, that's why you don't put these dudes on pedestals okay pound that like button so again I, I don't care it's not a big deal who becomes president it's to me it's it's the, the bigger story is that it's like this never happened the media doesn't feel the need to, to talk about this no ass is, does anyone do any research anymore I don't know where's the hard-hitting investigating and investigating reporting there uh what are my thoughts on porn says uh, taval well as a young as a you know, when I was a teenager and stuff, I, teen, you know, 15 year old boys really like that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that when I was like 15, 14 or whatever, that, that was cool. But no, it's, uh, it's really bad. It, it's not good. It's it, people have become addicted to it and stuff. Uh, you're not thinking, I think it, it, you, it. people use it as a, almost an excuse to if you want to hang with me, if you like women, meet real women. Come on, meet real women. This is, uh, if you're at the prime, if you're in your 20s and stuff, don't waste away your 20s doing that. I mean, if you're interested in women that much, then, then, then meet the real thing. Then meet the real thing and, and try it out. Now, again, for, for some people that maybe, uh, it, it, it can, if the women are voluntarily doing it, that's fine. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want to deal with a woman that, that was in that uh, situation. I wouldn't want the, the, a, poor, you know, a porn star to be my wife or any, anything. Um, but I, I personally don't watch it. I, I think it's a, a waste of time. And also, guys, in this time of security, and if you go to these sites, um, you, you're more likely to get a download of virus onto your computer uh, and have people hack into your computer. Why, why even mess with it? Why? Why? Why even? Why even mess with it? I mean, don't become addicted to it at the very least. Um, people really uh, get addicted. I mean, I understand if you need to see something every once in a while, but I gotta be honest here, dudes. In the modern day, in just modern normal media, you just—I mean, you just Google Kim Kardashian. She's almost naked anyway. I mean, you—you—the you, the stuff that's on regular media, right? Regular internet, non-non porn stuff. You, you see everything anyway. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not a fan at all. I understand why young boys, uh, but you, you grow up after a while. You, you, you do grow up after a while. But if you are a person has a condition and you're not going to meet any ladies, or maybe if you're old or something, yeah. I mean, okay, I can see it as a release. But if you're in your prime your life, don't don't please don't become addicted to it. All right. Good, in, interesting question. Interesting question there, Tavala Dakres. Now, it's a, its a good question for the Beyond Bitcoin, shoe, it really is. Now, and and I think if you know a, a, a lady who's going into it, who's interested in, in stripping or in in porn, and they can make a lot of money, you know, when they're in the prime of their life, but you got to tell them that this—this this is your reputation here. That if you're—if you think you can go back to normal life after this. Um, you really can't. I, I don't see how psychologically they can. And, and, you know, many men will, there are some guys that are going to accept them, but those might not be quality men. They, they might get rejected and they might not end up with what they Why do they need the money that desperately um, in the first place? There's uh, is, is another question. Is, I, I discourage ladies from, look, I, I, I don't look upon that as a, a, a good profession to get into whatsoever. And guys to, to try to avoid it at all costs. Uh, and it's, it's un, I will say this. I mean, it, it's un, unfortunate that people don't have the option right now to go to the strip club anymore. I think they're all – they, in, in many cities, they're, they're totally shut down. Um, and, and that was, and that was a fun thing to do when I was 20 years old. I I liked, I liked going to the strip club. That was a, that was a cool thing. I mean, because you couldn't drink yet, but you could go to the strip club. So that was, that was kind of cool. But I learned early on, like, wait a second, I can just get the real, I don't have to pay. I don't, why am I paying a cover to see naked women? I, I can see naked women for free. If I, you know, meet women and get them to get their clothes off for, for me, you know, really in a social situation. So, uh, but again, some guys, some guys get, to, you know, Las Vegas is just so, oh God, it is uh, all over the place. It's just it's the stripping and the pornography. It's, it, it's, it, and God, and people just go to an extreme there. They, they just take it all out there and, and, and to a level that they never would before just because they're in Vegas, personal responsibility, dude, you're going to end up in trouble in some of those situations in some of those strip bars. And by the way, when I was in 20, when I was 20 years old and I went to the strip bar in Baltimore, I had, I almost ended up in big trouble. Um, I think I told this story before two of us were 20, two of us were 21. I mean, we we grew up together and everything. So the 21 year olds were, were, were pushing or giving us beer. We're, we're handing the beer over to us. And this bouncer who was like 400 pounds, he came over to us and he threatened their lives. <laughs> So um, we, we stopped doing that, I, I, I remember. All right, found that link, going back, going I And remember, play this at 2X, people. If you don't, you know, that, that, that was a little interlude there that I didn't plan. We stripping the, the stripping uh, a pornography part. But, hey, play, if you don't like that, we're going to get to Back to the Virus stuff right now. And so you, if you're watching this tape, you can jump all around. We're going to get to Israel. It's, a, it's an hour show. It's an hour show. So there's, you can please play it at 2X. Please skip around. It, it, it the subject matters they're all linked to below the links that tell you more there's nothing about stripping below that okay I can add something if you'd like me to now um, and yes so I've not been to a strip club since I was 20 years old uh, so, all right now here's a uh, the the great uh, Alex baronson has a great thread I'm going to read it real fast about the about the virus. It is, it's really good. It's it's really good here. Okay, I'm increasingly convinced that the virus is a creation of the media technology complex. No, I don't mean it's not real or it was bioengineered. What I mean is, aside from a couple of weeks in a handful of cities worldwide, including the world's media capital, the overall effects of this epidemic have essentially been impossible for the average person to see without a microscope. Hospitals are not overflowing. Bodies are not piling up in the streets. Most of us will never know anyone under 55, 65, 70, who has died of COVID. Uh, But instead, many people feel like the world is ending. Why? More than anything else, it's the obsessive, almost sordid fascination with death counts, updated in real time and presented without context Aver- without the average age of the victims, how many people generally die in a year, etc. Why are we counting deaths this way? We've never done this for any other illness, never. And there are lots of reasons, but maybe the most important is that we're doing this largely because we can, because the technology now exists to aggregate these counts almost instantly. And then both conventional and social media are blasting out these figures, not just every day, but every second. From the C- from CNN uh, to Death Meter to the New York Times uh, heat maps to everyone screaming on Twitter. True story. At this point, uh, the virus worldwide is slightly worse than a bad flu year. Pound that like button. That is linked to below. Couldn't have said it better myself. It's manu- Media manufactured hysteria. So let's go back to to life in general. In life, in life, most people settle. Okay, they most they give up. They settle. There's a guy out there named Don Watkins. I linked to his channel below. I learned about him from Uran Brook again. I don't. I'm not a slave to the algorithm. I actually look up people that are mentioned on shows. So I found Don Watkins. I'm still exploring him a little bit, but I, I like what he said here. Okay, that your goal should be you're only going to settle. When you're, when you're 100% happy or when you're 99% happy, okay, that, that's when you settle. Just you keep striving. Most people, the point, you know, 100%, 99%, that, that's pretty darn good, okay, for settling at that point. But most people out there, I mean, they settle. They're like, eh, okay, this is my life. I'm 33% happy. <laughs> that's it. This is the way life is. I'm fitting in. I'm not, I'm not striving for four. And that's how you become, become a slave of fitting in and you start to worship authority because you settle. You settle on, on where you are in life in terms of happiness, uh, in terms of ac- accomplishments. And you just let other – you just like I'm throwing in the towel. I'm going to do what everyone else is doing. I'm going to listen until you know what, what – I'm not going to think anymore. There's no need to, because I'm 33% happy. I don't need to additionally think. So th- this is this is a term I'm going to use more of, I think. Don't settle. Just do not settle. Ne- ne- never settle. Never give up but what we have today in this in in this world is most most people definitely settle now taval again says the scary part of this vi- the whole virus predicament is that we now set uh, we we've, we've now set any new virus that appears now will have the running in our homes for yeah so you're saying that the next one that comes up will have us running in our homes for lockdown, like we're in a penitentiary. Yes, I I, I agree that this is set the stage for a, a future one uh, that uh, people will be even more freaked out because that is uh this is like the base level right now. Okay, it's it's been set, <laughs> and and unfortunately people go going oh well, at that time we we panicked. So yeah, that that's that's what we do in these situations. Hmm. Terrible, but uh, again, that—that's why we, we need to speak up now and just say how ridiculous this is, and try to to teach people that yeah, just keep keep on using your heads, <laughs> keep on using your heads. Now, I got an email because I've used Lyft before. I I, I don't have a phone. I, I do it through my my laptop. Um, I've had to when when I had to use it in uh in Spokane, Spokane. Good good place. Good place. Uh. But because – so Lyft emails me. And, of course, since Lyft is a major corporation, they, they have to do this SJW stuff. So they have Valerie Jarrett is on her board. So it looks like I get an email from Valerie J- Jarrett, OK? And you can look at the blog post that, that basically says the same thing Valerie Jarrett said in her email to me. <laughs> uh, let, let me, uh, let me uh, get to the point here. Transportation access for black communities. Uh, is what this is about. Uh, they're virtue signaling that they like black people, and you know, look at us. We 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 care about black people. We're going to talk about uh, transportation in black communities, and we have Valerie Jarrett on our board. So you know, we're awesome. We're SJWs. <laughs> we're virtue signaling. Uh, so I, here, I, I agree with some of this message here. Though I want I want to break it down here. As a community, we need to remove the barriers that prevent people from accessing essential necessities and opportunities, which is why today I'm excited to announce that I will be chairing a new initiative called the Lift Up Access Alliance. Lyft is joining forces with impact driven organizations that will connect us to individuals who can benefit the most. So Lyft is uh, giving some poverty pimp organizations uh, some publicity, they're probably giving them some money. Um, It could be much simpler, okay? If, if you want to give people access to transportation, okay, in, in a time where the government is interfering in everything, all right, and, and, and this is what you do. And I – in Baltimore, in Baltimore, if you go to the Safeway – well, if you, if you used to go to the Safeway on, on Charles Street and 25th or you used to go to Mondawmin Mall, we have something called hacks, okay? Hacks are older gentlemen that drive around in their cars and they pick up people – uh, who need rides and they give them cash. Okay. Because in some communities, taxi drivers are scared that they're going to get jacked. Okay. And, but people fill the void. Okay. If there was a free market, if we didn't have all these regulations about if Lyft can be here and, and cab drivers can be here and, and, and Uber can be here and they have to get a special license. If you got rid of all of that and just say, Hey, you, you know, you got a car, you got you got to, we're going through a very bad situation here that the government's created we're gonna get rid of all the regulations for they should get rid of them forever and ever but okay i understand they need the bribery of, of the cab companies and uber to bribe them and lift to bribe them et cetera et cetera because it, when you have these regulations it keeps out entrepreneurs and you say you're concerned about people in in, in the black community that, that aren't making money now okay so what this would do if you got rid of all the regulation instead of Lyft versus virtual signaling saying, "Hey, we're going to give all these free rides to people," which they're not exactly going to do. Um, just you know, get rid of the regulation and let any any guy in the community get, just drive around, and if someone needs a ride, you give them a ride. You they give you five bucks, you give them a ride, you make a deal right there, th- then and there. Okay, that's how you do. It. Now that that has the now in some cities, they I think in Baltimore they actually do crack down on the hacking and, and, and stuff. It's again, it's it's illegal illegal rides. It's, that's what hacking is. So in Baltimore, sometimes you'll see people doing this. You know, they, they, they're, they're looking for the hack. Uh, but so you know, Lyft is Lyft has a virtue signal. They, they have to say they care. But I mean, this is a real answer. I'm giving you the real answer here. Okay. So yeah, they list uh, all the people that are, they're teaming up with. So my brother's Keeper Alliance, U.S. Black Chamber of Commerce, NAACP, uh, United. I can't say that word, college fund. <laughs> oh man, I, I remember at, at the, my school, they, they, my, my high school, they would sometimes uh, bring up the United. I'm not going to say that word, college fund, and the the guy in charge of our school, he was called he actually was called the headmaster. That the, the, they've gotten rid of that term now, the head. But at the private schools, they'd have headmasters. And he, he was this old dude. And when he would say that word, oh, it was so cringeworthy. <laughs> so I, I don't like saying that word. It's, 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 it's a name that people used to use for black people in the, in the, in the forties. It's, it's a ridiculous word, but they haven't named, they haven't changed the name of that. Uh, or maybe they have now the United, I'm not saying that word college fund. Now, uh, Uh, Together, we will provide access to 1.5 – this is the fine print – together, we will provide access to 1.5 million rides, Okay, that is the fine print, you know, I'll get to that. Helping underserve uh, Black communities to get a network of critical resources and services to ensure that we all emerge stronger and more empowered on the other side. Again, if you want Black people to be stronger and more empowered, then get rid of all this regulation and let them start their own businesses, okay? Like their their, their own uh, car service businesses, okay? But right now they can't. And you've taken away their other, you know, some, some had jobs and you've closed down where they worked. So- Uh, Okay, so let's get to the small print here. Lyft and its lift-up programs and partnerships will collectively help provide access to an estimated 1.5 million car, bike, and scooter rides (laughs) calculated based on average cost of each mode through 2024 to help people in need reach food essential jobs and services okay so they're they're not giving away 1.5 million uh, car rides tomorrow it's over uh, a, a, a four-year span and it includes scooter rides and uh and bike rides all right very very nice virtue singling you're, you're great um dude the get rid of regulation at a time like this you'll see all sorts of uh new businesses prop up in all sorts of community be them uh black communities white communities asian communities whatever but hey lift you've virtue singled and uh you have valerie Jarrett on your board and thus uh i guess you don't have to pay the uh the the blackmail to certain organizations or as much as you would and you won't get a blm like uh protesting on your front stoop or something I i don't know okay so on a uh so people want the government to do something. If they got rid of u- regulation, that's undoing something. So that's great. That's the government do less regulation is less of the government doing something. So I mentioned on, on the previous show that Donald Trump got rid of uh, some rules, federal housing rules, uh, which allow the federal government to interfere on a local level and place uh, public housing. In suburb, Go out of its way to put public housing in suburban neighborhoods, uh, uh, purchase housing and let people live there for free who could never afford to live there and thus had no responsibility, uh, no no skin in the game whatsoever. So and I have seen this in so many times being in Baltimore City and uh, a little bit in the county, too, when, when you when you give when you give housing away for free and. They and people don't understand how to take care of it. They have new no skin in the game. They don't take care of it, and the, the behavior is is, is incredibly uh, antisocial to say the very least. So Trump knew if he got rid of this, he's really into appealing to the suburban housewives. Okay, because they hate it. and he he knows they like safety, and he does know that that there are a lot of people out there in the suburbs who are tired. Uh, for the last twelve years, all of a sudden. Uh, since uh, Obama became president in 2008, or a little bit after that, uh, all of a sudden, they were all uh, public housing was popping up all over the, these neighborhoods with their three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars houses, and bringing down the value and bringing very irresponsible people to the neighborhood. Okay, and so he says the suburban housewife will be voting for me. They want safety and are thrilled that I end the long running program where low income housing would invade their neighborhood. Biden would re would reinstall it in a bigger form with cory booker in charge okay so the media was forced to cover it after he said this because as i I think there hasn't there so they try to spin the the race angle of course they try to spin the race angle on it but uh this is it it is not this is a responsibility thing dudes you give you you give anybody free housing okay they're not going to take care of it like uh the person who paid four hundred thousand dollars next door okay um so I bring this up again because they – the media did cover it, but then it disappears again because this is something – he's on to something here. He, he is on to something. This does appeal to people. So when he's throwing it in their faces and he, he, that's really – the way he phrased it there it is totally an in-your-face type of thing. The media is going to try to spin it at that point, but then they forget about it again. They, they're going to – so we'll see how this we'll, – we'll see how this develops here again. but but it's interesting that it did it did come it did because it, it is a major it is a major change it is, it, it is definitely now he should have done this when he became president it, it should have been changed right away Like it, it it's not doing something it's getting rid of something that was already done there shouldn't there shouldn't be federal housing interference on, on the local level <laughs> there shouldn't be public housing period period all right pound that like button now here is a uh, Lou Holtz, an old school uh, college football coach. I agree with what he says here. We got to move on with this country. He's talking about college football. The players want to play, the coaches want to coach, but the president said no because it's the safe thing. Okay, uh, Lou, and this is this is great. It's finally someone in sports is speaking up against this ridiculousness that's out there uh, Now college football. Some of the conferences have already said. College, college conferences are already shutting down, all right? Football has been canceled at the Big Ten. And how are they going to fund their programs? How are they going to fund their athletic programs? This college football brings in so much money. Huge revenue hits, okay? Huge revenue hits. These kids, uh, you know, they, you know they've gone, they go to school just to play football, okay? They're not there to learn, but some of them actually do learn uh, while, while they're there, okay? And th- this is messing up a lot of kids' lives. Uh, these kids aren't going to get the disease, okay? They're in the prime of their lives. It's ridiculous, the overreaction. And these are all self-inflicted wounds by these colleges. Do they expect a federal bailout? I mean, the college football generates huge portions of the athletic budget at some of these schools and the regular budget. Things are going to be you know, – there is no normal – if you're a normal person, but for these colleges, there's going to be a new normal. If they're totally cutting off their, their revenue source, I mean, it's insane. It's insane. And so Lou Holtz, good for you. And Jerry Jones, good for you. What you said here, the Cowboys plan to play at their, their home games in front of fans. So the NFL is going to have a season, but no one knows if uh, they're going to be fans in, in person And Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, says he plans to play all their games in front of uh, fans. So, yeah, that that huge stadium, close to 100,000 people can fit in it in the right configuration. Yeah. Why don't you have 50,000 people in it? He should have 100. I have no problem with him having 100,000 people in it. Okay, why not? It's just people make the choice on their own. If they want to go see the Cowboys, they go see the Cowboys. So uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Let's let's. Government shouldn't say, oh no, you can't fill your, your, your 100,000 state seats. You can't have anyone in your 100,000. These baseball games are ridiculous looking. Uh, good job by the Orioles, by the way. The, this shows you when you play a 60 a game season, there should be 162 games. Uh, and teams that are bad, like the Orioles, can get off to really good starts. We'll see how it goes, baby. I'm, I'm enjoying that aspect of it. But it's sad uh, to see Camden Yard is empty. It should be filled. Um, well, it wouldn't be, you get my point. I mean, there should be people there. There should be people there. They're playing well. It would be, there'd be quite a few people there. All right. Um, and people, I'm interested to see how, how fast people get tired. I hear the NBA ratings are pretty bad. So I I would assume people are tired of the the politics that have been infused onto the BLM nonsense has been infused into the NBA. Uh, I, I don't I don't watch it. I don't have a, I don't have a team. I don't care. Now uh, I don't waste my time with that, nor should you. Okay. If you're gonna waste time on politics, by the way, and you really shouldn't, but you, you, you can't make a change at the federal level, okay? Um, I mean, unless you're like a, a billionaire, and then you can have some influence, I guess. But if you're not a billionaire, which I think most of you are, local level, okay. Local level, you change your city council a little bit, you get some ordinances, uh, rid of some ordinances, you get rid of some regulation. You you can make a difference in your life, a a little difference. I don't think it's worth the time at all, though. I don't think it's worth the time and effort. But I'm just saying, if if you're a politics addict, okay, do a little local, okay, and see see what you think. That will make a little bit of a difference, I think it can all right so we live in an unthinking world if tv or the youtube algorithm generates an ad okay it doesn't mean it's true if you blindly believe every ad that you see on tv every ad that you see on youtube you feel the need to click on it you feel like oh this looks like a good deal just because it's if it's on tv if it's on youtube it must be true and I should buy this. I should consider this. It, it's, it's amazing how impressionable people are because so many people, I think more and more people are becoming uh, slaves to that type of thing. They see something on TV or, or there's a certain segment of the population. They feel like they have to buy it. And I'm bringing this up because the, the YouTube algorithm is so it, – it, it manipulates people. It manipulates the 80% or so much. It, it, and it's really good at it to a point where they think these uh, Ethereum scams are real. It, it, it's really wild stuff. People are not using their heads anymore. They're letting these algorithms think for them. It is really scary. And it just People are very impressionable these days, and they're just delegating all their responsibility to algorithms, to the government, if, if the government says there's a disease, then there's a disease. If uh, the algorithm says, uh, you watch this advertising, you, you watch this show next, you do this, you're going to watch X, Y, and Z, I'm going to do it. All right. It, it's really weird that people – for me, it's really strange not to use your head. So you are definitely a unique beast if you're still using your brain. Remember, you a unique beast. And you, if you want to use your brain, check out all the links below. This Week in Bitcoin was awesome. We had Al's Lacrosse on. David Bennett and Adam Hoddleberry were on the Friday show. Uh, this You're watching this on my backup channel. Uh, obviously, my main channel has been back since uh, the middle of June. DisruptMeister.com, you can see everything combined. SportsMeister.com, you can listen to everything combined. Um, I do some flashback shows here on the backup channel during the regular week. So uh, just click on Proud Zionist Jew there and you'll, you'll see some of that stuff. Here is a a tweet, and yeah, TechBalt on Twitter, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T, TechBalt.com. And Siri, disrupt my shirt. Check out those links. I'm not just, I don't want to be wasting my breath here. I'm trying to get you guys to use your brains, use your heads. And retweet this. Uh, And Roman Q says, and this is great, YouTube ads are the new infomercials. Yeah, dude, in a sense, they are. People... Uh, used to really love those infomercials, and they would they would call the one eight hundred number and and buy the stuff immediately. And, and some of these YouTube ads—that's what they—they're they're, they're falling for that type of stuff. What do we got here? Why is SportsMeister not HTTPS? Well, just type in sportsmeister I don't know it's just the way it's uh, it's hosted by uh, it because it just it forwards you to another site. It forwards you to my YouTube page. That's why I believe that's why. Because there's not there's not really a sportsmeister.com site. It just uh, it's just a cover for my YouTube uh, uh, YouTube page. That's that's probably why. It just it just takes you somewhere. or well yeah, sportsmeister doesn't take you to my YouTube takes takes you to the, uh, the, the the anchor page. It takes you to the anchor.fm page. It's a cover. What's the word? Okay. Now, so uh, this guy. It's safe. It's, 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 it's all safe. Now the, this is just an anchor page. Now anchor the, the podcasting company. The default math class in high school should be statistics instead of calculus. That's from a Austin. I agree with that, man. Uh, (laughs) If only more people understood statistics, we're seeing, that not many people get statistics at all they are totally clueless uh, i i i think it would be a, a great uh great for the average american to have a better grasp of statistics and statistics are actually uh it's easier than it's easier than calculus it's it's easier than calculus i think more people will be better off taking a statistics class than taking a calculus class buying over crying is, is something i just came up with uh, it, it's the true in motion lifestyle, baby. Okay, buy in, instead of just being there, being a tree and screaming, "Water me!" Crying, "Water me!" Water me! Government. The tree says, "The tree says to water me." But if you're in motion, if you're buying, baby, you find your own water. You create more water, and you freaking sell that water, baby. Because th- that—that's the different lifestyle out there. So be in motion. Don't cry in the Bitcoin. All these people crying about Bitcoin. You should be buying Bitcoin instead of crying. And just you shouldn't be a tree begging for water. You should be in motion. Find your own water. If you have to move from your, uh, if you have to move from Cleveland to to Nevada, then you got to do it. All right. Uh, and, and then you find your own water and you create more water and you sell that freaking water. Pound that like one. Now, Alex Berenson quotes a C U uh, C K. Who is actually, I think the CUCK is from New York. And apparently this guy was serious about the statement that I'm about to read. It sounds like it's a joke that he's he's making fun of New Zealand, which you should be. You should be shaming New Zealand. But no, this guy's really praising New Zealand. New Zealand just had its first four cases in 102 days. So she, the prime minister, locked down Auckland immediately. The whole darn city for four people. That's fearless leadership. I'm so jealous. That, no, you're a, you're a CUCK. You are definitely a C-U-C-K, CUCK. If you think a whole city should be shut down because four people got sick and no one had been sick for 102 days, to su- shut down beautiful Auckland, one of the most beautiful freaking cities I've ever been to in my life, that woman in charge of that country is a disgrace. And is 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 a micromanager, power hungry, power trip. What what a what a joke. What a joke that is. But look, there are fans like the C U C K in New York that think that's a good thing, that think that's fearless leadership. That isn't leadership. That's panic. That's weak hand. That's hysteria, man. All right. Now, and shout out to my, my buddies in New Zealand who are watching this right now, too. Uh we got someone in Australia <laughs> speaking about lockdowns here in Melbourne. That's that's sucking lately. That's one of the most beautiful cities, also. And they're in, in the southern hemisphere over there in uh Oceania, they're really uh panicking, and it's not even that big of a deal. Four people are sick or something. Okay, Ben Shapiro says, Okay, here we go, guys. Big difference between absentee ballots and universal mail-in voting. Let's go over here, okay? Ben Shapiro sums it up. Absentee ballots are requested by voters. Universal mail-in voting involves the state sending everybody a ballot. So this is what happens. Everyone knows that the United States Postal Service is horrible. It shouldn't even exist. It should have been privatized a long time ago. You got these dudes, they deliver the mail They in apartment buildings, they throw it on the freaking floor, okay? So, If you have absentee ballot, if you're scared, if you're scared about going to a voting booth and getting sick, you request an absentee ballot. It's not hard to do. It's been going on for years and years and years. What hasn't been going on for years and years and years is that you – and these voting lists, I have seen voting lists before, okay? In Baltimore City, there were voting lists. There were people that were like 100 years old listed on the list. They were dead. They were clearly dead. So you send it to the 100-year-old house – and it just someone else lives there then so maybe that someone will vote for them right they're, they're not they're not very the lists are not very efficient okay now it's not the biggest it's not it's it shows you how inefficient the government is they can't keep a uh, track of uh who should be you know who's really a registered voter or not okay but it really doesn't cause a big problem unless, unless you send ballots to everyone listed on your list because some of the people don't don't live where they say they live anymore. Other people are going to get ballots. It causes it, mailmen throw in, in apartment buildings. You see, you'll see the stuff all over the ground. Anyone can harvest them and pick them. There could be so much fraud that way. Now, voting is not, you know, it, it's not on a godly level. God forbid, God forbid. But so many people think it is, it is like a holy thing to do, voting. It isn't a holy thing to do. But the point is, is that absentee ballot, is not it, it cannot be corrupted in the way that universal mail-in voting it, it can clearly be clearly be so because there, there, there are all sorts of people trying to make up a so I, I understand why people would not want this you know, if they care about the integrity of the system of the voting system this does not add integrity to it okay it it, it makes it so easy to to vote ten times, okay, uh, to harvest ballots—it's so—it's so easy if they—if uh, this happened. And and there have been accusations that I think they did do something like this in California before, and it, it skewed an election, etc. So in the thread that Ben Shapiro started, and good for Ben for for clarifying this for people, people still don't understand that there's there's a huge difference. Um, because again, if you request it, you. <laughs> It gets sent you, you know it's coming to your place, okay? It's not and not everyone's going to request it. Not everybody votes. Not less than half the people vote. So they they would never half the people are never going to request ballots anyway. Why send all those ballots to their, They and they throw it in the recycle bin, you go through recycle bins, you, you'd be able to find hundreds of them, hundreds of them, okay? And, and that can make a difference in a lot of different elections. Now someone named Sky Johnson said, if they are exactly the same, we don't need to change anything. Vote absentee if you can't vote in person. Problem solved. <laughs> there you go. There, there you go. So it, 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 there are people that are saying, you know, they're they're exactly the same. Absentee and so let, let's just do we why don't we do mail in, you know, universal uh, mail in uh, voting too. If they're no, if, if they are exactly the same, then just, just stick with what we had before if you can't vote in person. Now, the other big big pig, Matt, said, simple answer here. If you can stand in line to check out at the store, you can stand in line to vote. <laughs> Pound that like button. Okay. So for a lot of people, the virus is only going to be over when the government tells them it is. And it's just pathetic how dependent uh, people are on the government and the lack of brain usage of people. Um, and this also, I mean, when when is it over? When is it over? For me, it's over. I mean, it's been over. <laughs> and I think for a lot of people, it's been over since the riots, definitely. But there's a huge amount of people that are just, you know, in their houses, in their shackles, they're not, they're not leaving until the, the government tells them it's safe to, to go out. And this is a reminder to all my Bitcoin fans out there, friends out there. This is why modern monetary theory will work because the people will blindly say, okay, yeah, you're printing trillions of dollars. You say it's worth something, it's worth something. The government tells me it's worth something, it's worth something. They will do exactly what the government tells them. They will ignore all inflation, they will just go with the flow, okay? They So, again, people are constantly asking, like, oh, how much can the United States print? How much can they print? Well, normal people will see the inflation happen, okay? But these other people that worship the government, they'll just be like, fine, yeah, whatever. It's dollars. It's worth something. And it, it, when it's worth less they won't, they won't care, they won't question it at all At all All you Bitcoiners think all these people are going to get On Bitcoin one of these days uh, Roman Q said Have you read about California's proposed wealth tax Even if you move out of California You will still have to pay the wealth tax for 10 years No, I have not heard about that And I think that that last part of it Is probably unconstitutional By the way um, But I I do know Elizabeth Warren wants to to do a wealth tax. I know what a wealth tax frickin' is. It is horrifying, and it will it will get people to leave uh, jurisdictions that implement them. Except the really rich uh, CUCKs that just don't don't you know the billionaire ones. They 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 pay it just to fit in. Uh, But but the dudes that are like in the top two percent. Uh, top three percent, four percent. They will be very no. They won't like that at all, and they will leave, and that will make a big difference. Uh, Bitcoin to the moon says insanity in Melbourne. Melbourne, no mask when away from home, inside or outside. Two hundred dollars fine. More than uh, five kilometers from house, sixteen hundred dollars. Same for breaking the eight pm to five am curfew. Oh my god! Why have a curfew? What? What's the point of the curfew? Most businesses shut down. It's so ridiculous. So, that is just pathetic. Pathetic. I mean, in America. It's not that bad anywhere in the United States. There's no curfews. Yes, that's horrible. And they've had so many less cases in Australia. What an overreaction, really. Oh. all right. Go, go, But good, good that. Good to hear from you, though. Uh, Bitcoin of the moon. It's a sad situation there in Australia. Wow, or in Melbourne at least. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on. Here, we're almost done. Now, oh, I haven't talked about Israel yet. That's a that's a big thing. I'm sure people are fast forwarding to that part of it. Uh, you know, everyone telecommuting for months has shown people that you don't need to li- live in uh, dangerous cities anymore, if you consider them dangerous. You can live anywhere, in in anywhere. and if, if you're wealthy enough, and uh, if you don't have many attack vectors tying you down, you don't have to be a tax slave. You know, we're talking about being a tax slave. You don't have to be a, ta- a tax slave of the worst states anymore, and I've been living this life for, for quite some time. I think more people are waking up to it and more people are realizing I got to put myself in this position where I can telecommute now uh, because many people have been forced to telecommute and many people, uh, this is not going to be good for jurisdictions that have depended on people uh, being naive about telecommuting. Okay. People are waking up and, and unfortunately some jurisdictions are becoming more and more dangerous because of this defund the police movement. So it's, some of these cities, they're going to be uh, cruising for a bruising, it looks like. And individuals who decide not to fit in, to not live in these so-called trendy places anymore, they're going to be saving themselves a lot of money. And uh, they won't need to live in the suburbs of their cities and commute. Oh, there's disgusting commutes. They, yeah, the, Maybe they'll have to come to the office once a month, month, two times a month. They'll be able to do everything from home. Businesses are going to set up that way more. It's more efficient. Uh, businesses won't want to pay those high rents anymore. It's, this is something that's, and I I said before this, I have said you could check old shows that I thought the government should own no buildings. And if if the government had to have workers, why couldn't the workers work from home? I mean, private business is going to do it before the government does it. Now the following is not being hidden from you at all. All right. When When I'm about to share, this is about the, the virus vaccine rush leaves little recourse for anyone it harms. Americans who suffer adverse reactions to coronavirus vaccines that the United States is racing to develop will have a hard time getting compensated for injuries from the drugs. So this is not not like a secret out there. It's being rushed. If you get sick from it, you will not have legal compensation. Now, at the same time, we also, it's not being hidden. So don't be a sheep. Okay. 50% of the population is immune to this thing. All right. 50% of the pop for whatever reason is immune to this. They might've had another cold once. It might be something else. It hasn't been totally figured out, but the statistics show that 50% of the population is immune. So I got, I got a big question. When they come out with this rush vaccine, some, some of the people are such cuc they're such sheep, they're such scaredy cats that they're immune to this thing. They're going to take this shot and some of them might get sick from the shot because of various other reasons. Well, who knows what the heck's in the darn shot that's rushed. <laughs> and there was no reason for them to take the shot in the first place. This is the society we're living in. People aren't using their heads anymore. But I just want to remind you, It's not a conspiracy or anything like that. It's out there in black and white in Bloomberg news that the rushed vaccine, you will have no legal compensation against uh, if you get sick or if your kid dies from it. Okay, you won't be able to sue anyone. So, And there are going to be plenty of people, even on the left, who are going to use their freaking brains and not get this stupid thing. Uh, But there are going to be plenty of people who are immune to it already who are going to get the thing, who are going to get the needle in them. So. Good luck. Use your freaking heads. So, I would never, ever, ever get a Rush vaccine. It's so, so ridiculous. Of, of, of something that's not a life threatening disease. <laughs> now, the United, the United Arab, Arab Emirates in Israel, um, it's been announced they're going to sign a peace treaty. And it's uh, the, the Trump administration worked this deal out, apparently. Now, I, I just, the biggest. <laughs> But my biggest reaction is if any other administration would have done this, it would have been such huge news. They would have been praising the president, Nobel Peace Prize, et cetera. Maybe not to that level because it's not like UAE is bombing Israel. or They've never had direct conflict per se. I mean, United Arab Emirates uh, probably in the past has funded wars against Israel, et cetera, et cetera. And for the last few years, there's been – um, there's been Israelis that have gotten into the United Arab Emirates and there's been some informal talks that, you know they're not at war uh, but now it's going to be efficient they're gonna have embassies and open travel Fine, you know United Arab Emirates is a very wealthy that's Dubai and all that uh, you know, the big skyscrapers they, 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 all, all this money has gone into th- that area and a lot of money is in Israel, a lot of technology so if the, you got to admit, if they if there's cross pollination between the two countries, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Okay, it help, it helps both countries. It does it it it, it, it financially. It, it definitely helps uh, both countries and uh, other other Arab nations uh, like Bahrain and Oman probably are going to follow. Now, wh- why is this happening now? Why is this happening now? Iran is a tr- is is an enemy of Israel. Uh, Iran is an enemy of the United Arab Emirates and Oman and, ba- and Bahrain also. So you're, you're going to see the, these countries, uh, they're coming to their senses in, in one way. They, they, they want uh, technology from Israel. They, maybe they want uh, protection from Israel too, from the Iranians. Uh, I, I don't think UAE has a very good uh, military. Israel does. So I'm sure this deal, there's going to be technology that's going to be shared uh, perhaps there's be some de- de- defense, uh, Israel will, will go to, if, if United Arab Emirates is attacked, maybe Israel will attack the, I, I don't, I don't know all the ins and outs of the whole darn thing. So what did Israel have to give up? Israel didn't have to give up a darn thing. Um, this is one of the few, you know, usually Israel just, uh, gives up a bunch of stuff and they get a piece of paper. What Israel said is that they're not going to annex Judea and Samaria, um, now, the funny thing is if you've ever been to Judea and Samaria like I have, if you've been on the ground, it's clearly part of Israel, okay? it's 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 already part of Israel. but for them to officially annex it that would that would bother some countries, et cetera, et cetera. So I mean the situation on the ground hasn't and so some people are I mean I would I would love if Israel said we're annexing this to me I, I think they, they should they should, okay? Um, they should say we're, we're – and I think it's just being delayed, the announcement, or maybe they're going to use another word one day or they're going to wait till 2030 to say this is part of Israel, okay? It's part of Israel, okay? <laughs> Judea and Samaria. Watch the video. I actually re-uploaded the video, the one Bitcoin show that I did from Samaria on January the 10th, 2019. It's here on the uh, Proud Zionist Jew channel now. I upload – coincidentally, it was totally a coincidence – maybe my mind, I was reading uh, Netanyahu's mind. I uploaded the video before this peace treaty was announced, okay? Oddly enough. Like, again, my video is not about Bahrain. I mean, my video is, isn't about United Arab Emirates. It's about the Judea and Samaria. So, and, and uh, yeah, so I, I, if this really comes about, if everything gets signed, I, I would consider going to United Arab Emirates now. Now, but beforehand, I, I I've said on the show before I, I have no intention of ever going there because uh, they, you know, I think you have to say what religion you are when you when you when you land and they, you know, I I didn't want to get in any troubles there. But if they're going to be friends with Israel, and recognize Israel as a normal country, which they should, and Israel, then I, I'll think about it. I, I, I'll I'll definitely think about it because they're 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 clearly becoming more Western and, and thinking more in a Western direction in in a freedom direction. And one would assume, and they have some policies that are pretty ridiculous over at UAE uh, still, from, from what I've heard. But uh, I've gone from saying I will never go there to now thinking about it after after this uh, after this situation. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, you n- you never know. So this is a, this is a very interesting. It's interesting. It's it's not. It's not like if they had a peace deal with Saudi Arabia. It's not like if they had a peace deal with Iran. Um, It's not to that level, but it's something that's going to lead to other Arab countries having peace deals with Israel and economic prosperity being spread. And I think that's I think that's good. And and freedom being being spread, perhaps. All right. So we'll we'll see what that we'll see what that leads to. We'll see what that leads to. By the way, uh, mass movements are so tempting now for people. We're living in a time when individuals are so unique and so rare that just the default – I mean, the default is always collectivism, but, like, people are getting meaning from joining the BLM mass movement or the you know, Trump mass movement or just, just blindly not thinking for themselves anymore. Uh, uh, hey, and Derek said, I've really thought about this for a while. Is religion a form of collectivism? Yes. Yes, it it, it, it is – it is on a le- it is it is definitely a form of a, you know, you're a member of, of a collective there. Yeah, you, you, you de- you're, you're following certain rules. It, it depends what level you take it to, how much of a collectivist you are. But it, it can be totally it can be totally uh, collectivism uh, in a religion. I mean, it, it, definitely, definitely, it is it is a it is it's it's definitely a form of it. It's definitely a form of it. it's, and you can take it from to in a pretty extreme form to not so extreme form where you're, where you're in a a pretty much an individual with with in, in, in the collective where you, where you can, you know, where you think for yourself, but there is still a connection to a group of, of people. I mean, is anyone truly ever a hundred percent individual? I mean, they're a member of a family. They have to look out for their family. They have to. So, Still, you should strive to be the biggest individual that you, you possibly can be. That you possibly can be. Individualism is it is quite an accomplishment. So, um, at the same time, what religions do? There is some uh, moral clarity in that that religions bring to people. Okay, and so if you're going to join a collective, uh, if you've got to, it's better. It's probably better to be more involved with a. One that's got some morals than some secular uh, insanity one, all right. But those secular collectives become religion. We go back and forth. All right. So, so interesting, interesting thought on your part. Now, oh my God, it's uh, we got to get this show done with, dudes. I got to go to sleep now. uh, But are more people joining religions now? Are they joining these uh, secular mass movements? They're joining more secular mass movements now, these really unthinking ones, okay? In, in, in a uh, in a religion, you can still use your head. You can still use your brain, definitely. Definitely get uh, – there are plenty of smart people who don't blindly follow what their uh, religious leader tells them to do, okay? All right, now, uh, Biden wants to have a national mask mandate just continuing the uh, hysteria living is risky i mean that that's what i when 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 someone wants to have a national mask uh, mandate or when people want to have curfews just just use this line living is risky living has always been risky let's just let's move on <laughs> oh god be compliant to the experts that is just the uh that's the lot. That unfortunately, ins- instead of people saying living is risky, they, they say no. I'm compliant and I'm, I will blindly worship what the experts, the so-called experts, tell me to do. Carl uh, uh, Deninger is linked to below. Market ticker, as I've said before, he's he's got uh, statistics saying that uh, we're we're getting close to herd immunity into in some uh, some parts of the country. Uh, uh, supp- herd suppression. And he goes over why, why we're there. I'm not going to get into all the numbers that dude knows that dude definitely knows what he's talking about. I, I read a lot of different people. He, his grasp of statistics, um, he's got pretty much got the best grasp of statistics of anybody uh, that's been talking about this virus. He doesn't get national coverage. He should. Kanye West running for president. I, I think, uh, some people are spazzing out about it. I think the people that are spazzing out about it, um, do not give black people credit at all. They think, oh, if he runs in a place where there are a lot of black people, black people will, will vote for him instead of Biden because he's black. Dude, come on. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing in the world. People will vote for, sure people will vote for Kanye because he's a joke candidate or whatever. Uh, if your candidate can't win an election because a joke candidate is winning, uh, then f- figure out something else, okay? D- don't, these people are so freaking Everything is so identity politics in some people's mind it, it, is that if someone like a Joe candidate runs and he happens to be black, they get paranoid. They're going to lose the black vote. <laughs> it, it, it's so mindless. This identity politics is so mindless. And him running for president shows how mindless it is, shows how these political hacks are just base everything on race and, and base everything on the collective. And that they, they freak out that, that a black guy is running and that, that could hurt the Democrats. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. Uh, my thoughts on Kamala Harris. I don't have much to say. It's not a shock that he picked her as the vice president. She stands for nothing. She has successfully, I mean, she's very close to sleeping her way to the top now. Um, she, to the, I mean, the highest political position on, on earth. She, she'll end up being president if, if Biden gets elected president. Uh, so, yeah, she has slept her way to the top. Uh, so She's attained that goal. Uh, almost and she she does she will say anything she will so I, I don't think if she actually became president since she stands for nothing she just the highest bidder will tell her what to do so the the p the, the the virtue singles in silicon valley they like her a lot you know since she's from california and they get to feel good oh a black woman that makes me feel special um so they'll they'll like uh Bribe her to to not be as mean to the uh, <laughs> mean quote unquote mean to the, the the big tech. Big tech will probably be happy if she ends up being president. She stands. She stands, she stands I mean, I mean, she clearly has radical views and everything, and but she she, she won't implement them because she'll whoever pays her the most, whoever. Um, and I just want to say, she's very similar to the women who sleep with Trump. Um, they sleep with Trump for power and glory. And that's what she did. She slept with Willie Brown for power and glory. So, you know, it'd be, it's very, very interesting. It's very interesting. It's, it's people don't like Trump because you know, he's all oh, these women, he goes from one woman to another. Well, she's the kind of woman that, that's, on the, that's on the other side of the equation. All right. So it's a dirty, disgusting game. She's played it and he's played it. There's not, there's not much difference between the two people. Uh, they, they both stand for very little. Now, uh, and, and are willing to do anything for power, sociopathy, sociopathy right there. All right. Defiance over compliance. We're going to lead over to the question here. You're saying personal responsibility is new counterculture is is more relevant than ever in 2020. Yes, it is Bitcoin to the moon. And we're going to end this. We're going to end this on a 2020 note from Chris Black, who's a very honest uh, dude in, in, the, uh, in the, the cryptocurrency space. He speaks his mind. He's not scared. He's And he's been on my show quite a few times. 2020 will be remembered as the year that fear and guilt completely overwhelmed logic and common sense for the 80 percenters. <laughs> I added that for the 80 percenters. So again, 2020 will be remembered as the year that fear and guilt completely overwhelmed logic and common sense. You don't have to let use your logic, use your common sense that involves using your head dudes. Because if you don't use your head, you you will succumb to the fear and you will succumb to the guilt that people are trying to throw into your face constantly. Guilt is This has been a huge year of people trying to guilt people. And you got to have a strong hand against that stuff and just laugh it off. People call you the big racist word. You just say, okay, yeah, great. Uh, Move along, dude. Move along. Call me racist. That's fine. Uh, You will not be guilted. You will not be shamed. You will not be feared. You are a unique beast. If you're in a Bitcoin overlay, you cannot be canceled. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, Disrupt Meister. Remember, subscribe to this channel, like this video, share this video, pound that like button. You get this show every freaking Saturday night. We'll be back Sunday on the main channel with the One Bitcoin Show. Friday is This Week in Bitcoin on the main channel. Conviction, dudes. uh, I'll say hi to you guys in this chat. Spread this on Twitter. Spread this all over social media. People got to know, people have to know that this backup channel is live every Saturday night. Thank you.